The RCR shop has great gift ideas. From great looking tees, hoodies, caps, tote bags, bumper stickers and more. The RCR shop is now open at www.realitycheck.radio forward slash shop. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. In 2023, we caught up with Rob McCulloch, Professor Rob McCulloch, um, talking economic matters. And I thought it was a good time to catch up with Rob again in 2024. And we have a couple of things that we can talk about in our first chat for 2024. Rob, welcome back to RCR. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's go through some things here. First of all, your reaction to the uh, resignation, leaving Parliament of uh, Grant Robertson and the job that he seems to have fallen into. What do you make of that? Well, he wasn't, uh, he's not qualified for that for that job. Uh, Vice-chancellors are meant to have a background in academic life, PhD, publications, all that sort of stuff, which he doesn't have. In fact, Otago University's own job advertisement said that ideally the candidate would have had experience in an academic environment, which he hasn't had. So even according to Otago University, he's not the ideal candidate. Um, I think it's sad that it's a symbolic politicisation of our universities and our education system. My view is education should be about a search for the truth. Uh, Politics is uh, the quest for power, business, is the object is to make money. So these are quite different worlds. And I think having a politician whose life has been the quest for power and he's going to a place which is meant to represent the search for truth uh, is wrong. And our universities shouldn't be politicised. When you teach courses, you're meant to teach all sides. You're meant to encourage debate. You're not meant to be promoting a Labour view or a national or an ACT view. Uh, I invite guest speakers to my class, and I'm very careful with that. I've asked Sir Roger Douglas, Don Brash. I've also asked Chloe Swarbrick, David Parker. You know, you have to represent all the different sides to a debate at a university to search for the truth. Uh, You know, imagine in America if Donald Trump became CEO, which is the vice chancellor's equivalent to CEO of a university, um, it would be uh, silly. It would be ridiculous. It would politicise the university. But I'm not making any comment uh, about uh, Trump's worthiness for that, that job because I think equally, um, if Obama became president uh, of a university, it's ridiculous. You can't politicise a university. And by the way, a lot of families who are Republican and students who are Republican wouldn't probably want to go to a university run by Obama. And vice versa, if you're a Democrat, you wouldn't want to go to a university run by Trump. So it's I think it's a ridiculous situation to politicise our universities. I mean, why doesn't Adern come back from her overseas travels? Why doesn't she become VC of Waikato or Auckland? You know, go for it, Jacinda. I mean, she's got an honorary doctorate from Harvard. She's working at Harvard right now. Gosh, she's got much better qualifications than, uh, than Grant Robertson. Um, you know, she can say I've actually worked at fancy universities. So why not put her in as a vice chancellor? I mean, what does that say about our university system? I, I'm saddened by it. Yeah, who? I mean, someone's responsible for that decision. It's not necessarily Grant Robertson. 
Is it the board or whoever governs the university? The council of the university. Council, okay. But then the Minister of Education appoints people to the council and uh, the Minister of Education, who has been, was Grant Hipkins, uh, was, uh, sorry, Chris Hipkins until recently, he's appointed some of the council of the University of Otago. So it's loaded up. Well, that's the thing. You have you have political appointments to the council, and then they in turn make the decision. So, you know, that's uh, that's that's the system. What could the, be the benefit though of having him in there? He's kind of a spent force now. The um, electorate have decided to go in a different direction. Where's the upside? Do you think? Well, I, I see no upside at all, and. You know, when Dern left politics, she sort of made this comment, I haven't got much left in the tank. Well, you know, are these jobs meant to be for former politicians who feel, oh, gosh, I'm a bit exhausted by politics. I don't have much left in the tank. Well, you know, being the vice chancellor of a university is an extremely, uh, if you do the job properly, it's an extremely onerous uh, job. Um Harder than being the CEO of, of most big companies. Um these big universities now employ, I know the payroll of places like Auckland, I think it's got about 7,000 staff, 40,000 students. Wow. No wonder I mean, having trouble yeah, paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, you know, I don't think it's a job you go when you sort of think, oh, gosh, I'm, you know, a bit tired of politics, is it? You know, it's, um, I think it's sad. Yeah, there's a a new Minister of Education now from a, a different political party. I suppose once the job is, um, you've got the job and it's all signed off. There's not what anything anyone else can can do because they would. You, you'd think they wouldn't be too happy about that. The current minister of education, the current government. No, well, they well. On the one hand, um, they are. You know, you would. I would like to think they weren't happy because I would like to think the Minister of Education had at her heart. It's Stanford, isn't it? Erica Stanford. You would have thought yeah. they'd have at at her heart. Uh, who is the best person for the education of our children, for our youngsters? That should be the motive. Who's going to help them learn the best and have the best futures and happiest lives? Um, but. On the other hand, um, from, you know, when you talk a bit to some of the political class, I get the feeling the Nats are quite happy to see Robertson out of Parliament. I like manoeuvred out. Because he's a, yeah, they, uh, you know, it's good to, good good that he's going. And uh, I, I remember when uh, the Nats were last in, um, I remember John Key making some comments at, 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 a, at a meeting once saying how thrilled he was that uh, Clark was off to the United Nations and he was very happy to support that. And then uh, Cullen, the finance minister at the time, Sir Michael Cullen, was offered um, chairman of New Zealand Post. And so they're offered these jobs and uh, that's great. They're out of the country out of parliament and uh, heralded in nine years of, of government for the Nat. So out of his hair. You know, I, I think that's what's sad about uh, the political classes of this nation. I think it's very sad that this, I'm getting the impression that both Labour and the Nats are happy to see Grant Robertson there. The Nats, because they're happy to get him out of parliament and Labour. Yeah, but he was a spent people. force. This is the thing. What's so what? Spent force, done. No threat, surely. Well, it's it's a yeah, it's an extremely influential job when you're vice chancellor of a university. Let let there be no doubt; these people approve yep. 
uh, hundreds of positions, uh, hundreds so he of can positions. Shape. He can, you can he shape can... the whole, yeah, yeah. yeah, the whole belief system of our future generation. Um, promotions. Um, this is an extremely influential job. You you sign off on all these decisions. Go woke, go broke could uh, cause them a problem if parents don't want to send them send their kids to a university run by someone they're not a fan of, you know? This could be a liability. Yeah, well, you know, as I say, uh, academic life, a quest for the truth, politics, a quest for power, business money. I don't think you should have people whose motive has been acquiring power uh, running a university. And I think in a recent piece you contrasted that with the um, the, – Vice Chancellor at Melbourne University and his qualifications and lineup. And that's more like the the real deal, right? I mean, someone with actual history, academic history, and a business yeah, history well, too. That's right. That's the, uh, you know, you want a profile. And of course, Adern and Robertson uh, have virtually no history of working in the private sector, by the no. way. No. And when I was in uh, Imperial College in London, they were very keen on the medical school, building that up. And when I was there, they had uh, uh, Sykes, Sir Richard Sykes, who'd been uh, chairman of, CEO of, of GlaxoSmithKline, the drug company. And they were wanting to do all these uh, deals with the NHS, the national health system. They wanted to join up sort of the drug companies with medical research at the university. So, you know, universe, and, and he was a distinguished researcher. So, you you know, the, the ideal person is someone who's research, a researcher, someone who knows how to deal with students and help students, and someone who's worked in the private sector as well, who can uh, bring a whole lot of private money, private investment, get a lot of uh, private sector interests and excitement around what the university uh, is doing. I mean, you would have thought a lot of private donors um, would run for the hills if if the Otago was asking for money now. You know, you, you, why should you, if you're a strong, say, ACT Party supporter, give money to a university with led by a politician who you didn't much like? So I think that's why universities do feel uh, they're, they're very careful about who they choose for those jobs, because it can affect that the students and, and also their donations. Yeah, okay, so let's see what happens there your impression of him then now that he's left um that role uh, well the spokesperson but he was you know the finance minister what what are your impressions of him in the arc of finance ministers we've had yeah i'd rate him the worst finance minister ever that's the worst the, yeah the worst ever that's how oh, wow. ever and, yeah ever yeah that's why and why why uh because um the country uh, has lost much of its mojo and it has to be regained. The country has to be rebuilt. It's an enormous task ahead of the National and, and Act and NZ First Parties. I mean, we they Grant Robertson snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Let's be clear on this. The, the truth emerges with time. It's often slow to come out, but we're beginning to see the truth of the last four years. And that truth is 2020 was a standout success for this country. We'd eliminated the virus. It was fantastic. The rest of the world were looking at us in awe. GDP barely contracted that year. In the UK, GDP shrank about 6%. The US, it contracted severely. Now, the following year, uh, what happened? These other countries rolled out the vaccine way faster than us, 
we were one of the slowest countries in the OECD. We were bottom of the OECD in vaccine rollout. That slowness was associated with all these lockdowns right into late 2021. And Robertson uh, went and spent tens of billions of dollars throughout 2021. And they printed money like crazy. They did one of the biggest fiscal and monetary expansions in the world. But our economy had been doing great the year before compared with the rest of the world. We threw away the advantage. The, a, a galaxy of talent of the world wanted to come to New Zealand during that period of time. They couldn't get here because there were closed borders. So in 2021, we lost all our gains. And they just built on that disaster in 2022. So we went from being top of the class to bottom of the class. Now, to throw away that advantage and leave this country in the state it is in now, I think uh, the Robertson, Adern and Hipkins Troika deserve a, a real medal for creating a total disaster out of a winning situation. Yeah, many of our um, audience will agree with that. They'll, they will, I think, quibble with some of what you said, but on the whole, they'd agree with that. Um, let's move on to something else that you've written about, and this is something we keep a close eye on. It's headed up, and I'm reading it from the downtoearth.kiwi uh, site. Former Prime Minister Hipkins and Professors Bloomfield and Baker should be held accountable for quoting statistics that have now been shown to be wrongly estimated. Now, people can use wrong statistics, but these statistics, these statistics are about as serious as you can get because they involve yeah, the, people's lives. That's and, right, the, and what's been, what, what, what's your call on this? What are you saying? Well, those three were claiming that our excess mortality rates were, were negative and one of the lowest in the world. So they're calculating a number which is meant to be, you know, how many people actually died in New Zealand over that period, the pandemic period, compared with what we may have expected may have died without the pandemic. And they said, uh, you know, in, in actual fact, it was way lower than uh, what may have been expected. And consequently, they'd saved uh, these this large number of lives, lives because of elimination. And uh, one of the countries in the world's leading uh, economists, uh, John Gibson, who's he's a distinguished fellow of the Association of Economists, he's, he's produced this paper. It's a refereed paper out in the last few weeks. And he says this, these indicators they used are wrong. Um, they based the comparison of what expected deaths were on what they thought the population of New Zealand would be um, based on the fast rate of population growth before the pandemic. They, it's what call, what's called extrapolated. They extrapolated yeah. that yeah. fast rate of growth. And the uh, numbers that they use assumed that there'd be a lot more people in this country than there actually were. But with closed borders, uh, New Zealand's population didn't grow at all during that period of time. So the number that they attributed to the number of deaths they'd saved, they were not saved deaths. Uh, in fact, many of those apparent saved death deaths were just because we had fewer people in the country because of closed borders. So they used a wrong number as, as, as uh, the estimate of population in this country. It's quite a serious error. So Gibson has well, is that it in. an error, Rob? Because you know it 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 makes them look better. Let's say so. You could say it's a cherry picked way, or you could argue a cherry picked way of of making yourself look better, right? 
Well, my, my view on that is, you know, we've seen the president of Harvard uh, resign and there are question marks raised about uh, her research. Now, all around the world, there's quite a bunch of academics now, uh, people in huge roles who are having to resign because they made mistakes in, you know, these numbers, sorts of numbers that they quoted. And I think that uh, I'm amazed that now today you'd think the mainstream media would make it headline news because my view is these three need to be held to account. Um, they need to go into the details of what their estimates are with uh, John Gibson. He's a professor at Waikato University. He's held in enormously high regard in this country. He was awarded the sort of distinguished fellowship by Arthur Grimes. Uh, who wrote this article saying how amazing he was. Arthur was chairman of the of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. So he had wow. one of the most okay. senior people yeah. in the country saying this guy is, is you know, our, our top economist. And he has gone and, and said, look, these guys calculated their numbers wrong and said they saved a lot more lives than they did. Well, I think it's it's not an argument between me and these guys. I think these, these chaps of Bloomfield and Hipkins... Um, they they have to and Baker they have to have a debate with John Gibson. It should play out in the main media outlets of this country, and you know we can see get to the bottom of the matter. But they've been called out for making for quoting an indicator that was wrong by this country's top top economist, as sort of capped by the chairman of the Reserve Bank. So are they going to you know is that a debate going to play out? Would no. they like to, I, I think they, they are under an obligation to respond to what John Gibson has said was a mistake in their numbers. And it kind of goes... I'm not getting into the fight, but I think no, those, no. they should, they should uh, have to respond to that. But the thing is, a lot of people will be thinking, listening right now, that that goes along with their real-world experience. That, you know, without labouring it too much, many people know people who... Who seem to have died recently, and in numbers more than before. So this is a very serious thing. It's a very um, serious topic. It's extremely serious, and it goes to the heart of: is our uh, terrible, this terrible state of our economy now compared with countries like the United States? You know, we're down in the dumps. We're not growing at all. Where it seems falling into recession. So it was claimed that that is justified because lives were saved. Now, if a lot of lives were saved, I would I would agree with them. You know, it's it's obviously extremely important a number because you know who are us to argue with that? If if thousands of lives yeah. are saved, then the present state we're in is terrible as it may be with the cost of living crisis. You, you could squeak by on poverty. Yeah. Maybe you know it was justified, but if if it wasn't thousands of lives, but you know few or barely any or or, you know, over time, you know, you, you can't even calculate that that it was practically any significant number at all. The whole equation changes because presently, the, the you know, Robertson went and spent tens of billions on these bailout programs during the virus. So we lost tens of billions of dollars that could have gone into the health system, could have gone into the education system, could have been buying drugs by Pharmac to save lives right now. So you better be pretty careful that you really did save a lot of lives in 2021, 2022, as many as they said they saved. Because if you didn't, 
there's a big question of whether the costs we're incurring now justified the, the benefits. Yeah, and it seems, again, to our audience, I'm pretty sure that the, the people with the most to lose are those three. Yeah, that's You right. know, in this whole thing. So, all right, well, that's interesting. Now, um, OCR uh, announcement is tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, we saw that. I don't know if you saw that piece with Adrian Orr and his um, his minions at the Select Committee laughing about the business model of the Reserve Bank. We print money and they yeah. believe us, and <laughs> it was all a big funny joke. Yeah. So um, what what do you pick up that, first of all, the market is expecting? And um, have you got any thoughts either way, up or down or the same, what effect that that will have, given what, what the comments you just made about the economy? Well, I don't uh, predict what the Reserve Bank's doing because I think its actions are unpredictable and, uh, you know, have defy rational uh, expectation. So uh, I'm, I'm not picking, you know, they, they could do anything. Yep. It's, it's the Wild West when it comes to Reserve Bank. All I can say is that uh, they, they are the ones largely responsible for the inflation they've got. They printed uh, 50 billion bucks and whipped up inflation, blamed it on Putin. And uh, Yeah, how could you, you do know, that? For goodness sakes, you know, it's all Putin's fault. Um, and, and they whipped up this, the inflation storm in this country. Uh, have got a lot to answer for the cost of living crisis and now have panicked by jacking up interest rates to try to get it back down again. So, you know, having made one mistake, it seems they're trying to compound it and maybe make another mistake. And in my view, possibly even put up rates too high. Uh, yeah, which to try squeezes to out employment, doesn't it? That yes. affects working class employment, usually. Yes, well, uh, Orr's comment was that he wanted to <clears throat> break inflation by engineering a recession. That was what he stated. So he wants misery. He wants unemployment to be high. By the way, the, cha- the chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve said he doesn't, didn't want a, a recession in the U.S. He wanted a soft landing. Uh, for two years, I've spoken about a soft landing, that that's what they should have aimed for. And the view is now they're getting their soft landing in the United States, and they won't get a recession. But here... Uh, you know, or wanted to engineer a recession. He wanted high unemployment misery to get inflation down. So, you know, who who knows what they'll do to interest rates? Just a question on printing money. You may or may not know who would have who would have requested or who wanted that. Who's picking up the phone to who? Is Grant Robertson picking up the phone to Adrian Orne saying, "Look, we need cash. We need extra money. Go do it." Or does the Reserve Bank say? I think we need extra cash in this situation, and the phone call goes the other way. How does it work? Do we know? Well, we're meant to have an independent central bank, so they're not meant to speak uh, on on those kinds of matters. Uh, they're not meant to be partisan. The governor of the Reserve Bank's not meant to be a partisan figure. But, of course, uh, or's contract was renewed by Grant Robertson, and my view is that, that uh, or overly inflated the economy to help Labour win the election. Back in oh, really? Political? Yeah, move. that's that's my view, that it was partly wow. a political a, partly a political move. What well, sort of country are we living in, Rob? Oh. Well, uh, you know, it creates a short-term, you know, feel-good factor. And I don't think there was ever a need for such over-the-top quantitative easing. But they never spoke on it. But um, I think that that was, um, you know, probably part of the reason. Now, in the United States... Um, People uh, for many years looked up to the appointment. There was famous example of Greenspan, who was appointed by uh, Ronald Reagan, but he had his contract renewed by Clinton. 
So both Democrat and Republican supported him. That's what that's the sort of governor we should have. But the Nats and Nicola Willis have spoken quite in Seymour quite strongly uh, against Orr, and it's clear that they're not that keen on him being a governor. So, you know, whatever one can say, obviously he's a partisan governor. Robertson liked him and renewed his contract, and the Nats and Act don't much like him. So it's a very sad situation when you have a partisan, a, a person who's regarded as partisan running the central bank. Does that mean that he's in line for the next vice-chancellor job at whatever university that comes up? Well, I'm voting for a Dern. I, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> what, don't you think a Dern would be a better candidate than 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 Orr? I think because she's got an honorary doctorate, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, but who she's would send their kids to a university that, uh, you know, go watch, go broke? she's got a PhD from Harvard. Oh. Harvard. So, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, then the, then the entire former cabinet of the Labor Party we could find a vice chancellorship, you know, for for each and every one of them across. Uh, and the ones that didn't make universities could be principals of schools. Why not? <laughs> um, and of course, it pays better than the politicians' job. And it pays better too. And the holidays are maybe even better. It's pretty yeah. close with the holidays, I think. Rob, good to catch up with you. Thanks for coming on uh, RCR. Yeah. Rob McCulloch, professor at uh, Auckland University. Thanks for coming back on. Thanks. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Loving what you're hearing? Well, the establishment hates it. And right now, they're conjuring up new ways to try and censor RCR. To ensure you never miss a beat of the hard-hitting news you've come to know and love, make sure you're on the RCR mailing list. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email.